right, all right. Day 382. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so first and foremost, we got to give a shout out to my man John and his wife Chandra. Uh, it's their 14th year anniversary. So if you have John's number or you follow him on social media, just give him a shout out, man. He won't be joining us today. He'll be enjoying his wonderful wife. Um, they've been such a blessing to me, uh, me and my wife uh, in our lives. And so uh, happy anniversary, Shano and Jono. We love y'all. Uh, we're grateful for y'all. And yeah, we just pray to the Lord. We just give you guys so many blessings uh, as he gives you another 14 and then another 14 and another 14 by his grace. All right. So we're going to um, jump right into Psalm 69. And Psalm 69, man, is this Davidic lament where David is asking and crying out to the Lord for help and for salvation and for deliverance in the midst of distress. Right. So he starts off and he's like, yo, save me, God. <laughs> right. For the water has risen to my neck. I have sunk in deep mud and there is no footing. Right. I have come into deep water and a flood sweeps over me. I am weary from my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. My brother is in a terrible situation. We don't know exactly what it is, but we know it is a bad one. And notice the imagery that he's going to use, right? He doesn't just say, I'm tired of the crisis, God, that I'm going through. But in verse three, he's going to be like, yo, I'm tired of the crying that the crisis has brought about, right? How many of us, how many of us have said that, right? Like, God, I'm tired of crying about my situation. I'm not just tired of my situation. I'm tired of crying about my situation, right? I have a parched throat, right? <laughs> my mouth is dry, right? And this is the deep humanity that I just love about the scriptures, man, because it meets us right where we are and right where we've been, right? And so he goes on to speak, about the numerous nature, not just of his problems, but of his enemies, right? He's like, there, there's many as the hairs of my head, right? And they have this havoc and hate for me, right? And much of what I'm receiving, he's going to say, is unwarranted, right? They hate me for no reason, right? And then interestingly enough, he, after that, says this. He says, God, <laughs> you know my foolishness, right? And my guilty acts are not hidden from you. Interesting, right? So I think one of the things that's happening here, he said, yo, they hate me for no reason. But then he says, hey, God, you know my foolishness, you know my, all my sins and guilty acts. I think one of the things that he's doing here um, is showing us that one of the frustrating things about distress and calamity and affliction in our life is that we have this sense, sometimes rightly and sometimes wrongly, whether the problems we are facing are a direct result of something we did, right? We often feel in the midst of our problems, like God is punishing us, right? But not only that, there's um, that element of our suffering too. Um, but there's also this reality that, you know, in scripture, uh, there will be moments we are suffering for doing not the wrong thing, but the right thing, right? In fact, like we aren't just we don't just suffer because we have done things we aren't supposed to do, but because we've done the things we're supposed to do. Right. So he says in verses seven through nine, he's like, yo, I've been devoted to you. Right. 
I've been led by your spirit, right? People hate me because of this zeal for you, right? And so what David is showing us by way of example is that all of these different problems can be infused into the same situation, right? And they can occupy, the beauty of this is, they can occupy the same prayer, right? And I love it, bro, The Psalms are so human, right? Our lives are complicated. <laughs> They're messy. They're gray. They're a shady shade of gray, right? And it's often hard to parse out what caused what, right? Who's culpable where, right? What is this problem a result of? And what is this problem a result of, right? But the best thing we can do is place it in someone's hands who is more equipped to deal with it than we are. And someone who does understand every intricacy of what we're going through, right? He understands it so much better than us, right? And so what I love about what David does in this psalm, particularly in verses 13 and verse 29, he's going to, in the midst of laying out his burdens before God, he is going to continue to ask God for blessing. That is a whole word, right? Like, don't let your burdens today keep you from asking for God's blessing. Don't let what is seeking to hinder you in your walk with the Lord, hinder you in this life, hinder you from asking God for help, right? That's why in verse 13, he's going to say, but as for me, right? Whenever the Psalm says, but as for me, there's this emphatic uh, construction in the original text where he's trying to bring out the resolve he has. No, no, no. But as for me, Lord, my prayer to you is for a time of favor in your abundant, faithful love. God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the miry mud. Don't let me sink. And then in 29, but as for me, poor in pain and in pain, let your salvation protect me. Right. And I will praise God's name with song and exalt him with thanksgiving that will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with horns and hooves. And then he goes down in 33 and says, for the Lord listens to the needy and does not despise his own who are prisoners. Don't let what is trying to hinder you today in your walk with the Lord hinder you from asking for his help. And the most interesting thing about this psalm, as I always try to end with, the most interesting thing about this psalm is that this psalm, parts of it, come up frequently in the life and earthly ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, who literally said these exact words at times, right? And these words found their ultimate expression and fulfillment uh, in his life. And the gospel writers pick up on this and they quote it a ton. He was the one who was ultimately hated for no reason, right? He was the one who was misunderstood and became a stranger to his mother's sons, right? He was the one who had a zeal for his father's house that consumed him and that led people to hate him. He was the one giving God to drink as he hung bare and lonely and despised on a wooden cross. He is the one who didn't deal with any problems though because of his own sin but literally completely because of the sins of others and he is the one who underwent listen all of what we are going through right now and some <laughs> and some right and so the task for us today brothers and sisters is to call out on our savior 
and our helper who went in this way before us, but also went in this way for us. Let's pray. Father, we ask that we will remember Jesus who fulfilled this song, right? God, I pray that even when our lives are complicated, messy, and gray, that wouldn't hinder us from bringing everything to you for help. We love you and we thank you. We thank you that you knew and had a solution before we even had a problem. We pray that we remember that today as we go through the various trials of life, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's in Christ's name we pray. 